You're listening to the Earn That Body Podcast, episode number 294. Welcome to the Earn That Body Show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. Today, I'm going to bring you an oldie but goodie because what I like to do at the end of every year is go ahead and play back the most popular episode of the year. And I always think it's interesting to look back and to see which episode brought the most attention or definitely got the audience pretty high. And I was surprised this year at which episode it was. So we are going to have the best of 2022 podcast episode coming up. But a few reminders, if you are not already signed up for one of the programs for the new year, I definitely want you to feel like you can enjoy the rest of your holiday season knowing that you're going to get back on track in January. So the best thing you can do is email me, Kim at EarnThatBody.com. I literally will be the one to email you back. And the best thing you can do is email me what your goals are so that I can determine which of my programs is best for you. Now, if you've never done any of my programs before, you're trying to lose weight, I would recommend the five-week Earn That Body program because it's gonna have personalized nutrition, we're gonna track your calories, we're gonna track your macros, and I'm gonna give you a fantastic workout program. If you've already completed the five-week Earn That Body program, but you need to dial it back in, I have the all-new Recommit program, and I'm super excited about it because it's highly personalized to a whole new level where I'm gonna create a workout schedule just for you based on your goals. We're gonna add personalized nutrition to it. We're going to re-educate you. We're going to get you back to where you want to be. But in order to do recommit, you have to have completed the five-week Earn That Body program. So definitely let me know if you're interested in five-week Earn That Body or recommit. Or if you're an athlete and you already have a full workout program, you could do the private nutrition program only. So lots of great options, but like I said, my January is filling up so fast. Of course, everyone has their New Year's resolutions, and I want to make sure that you get on the schedule before it's sold out. So just shoot me an email, kim at earnthatbody.com, or always go to the website, earnthatbody.com, to check out all the programs being offered. Now, are you ready for the best podcast of 2022, or at least I should say the most listened podcast in 2022? Here we go. We're going to talk about headaches today. And the reason that I'd like to talk about it is because I have several clients right now who have brought up that they get consistent headaches. And I even have some family who gets consistent headaches. And I think it's something really important to talk about so that you understand what's sort of a normal headache and when is it something to be more concerned about, whether it's you, maybe your partner, or even your child who is getting these headaches, it's really important information to know because maybe you can use some of these tips to help alleviate their headaches. Maybe you can use some of these ideas to prevent their headaches as well. And I don't know about you, but I don't know a single person out there who is like, oh, I'm so excited, I have a headache. (laughs) So lots of ways to help reduce the impact of headaches as well. And I wanna talk about all of that today after this. And now, it's time for the Eagle's Eye on Health. These are Kim's quick tips, latest health news, or piece of weekly inspiration. 
in today's Eagle Eye on Health, uh, coming to you from Kim Eagle directly, and <laughs> not from a specific magazine, but Eagle Eye on Health, it can be anything from actual health news to inspiration to information. And today, I want to talk to you about something that we have talked about today before, but I'm seeing it more and more again lately, and so I thought I'd bring it up. Don't laugh at me when I bring it up, but we're gonna talk really quickly (laughs) to inspire you on this great topic about bowel movements. It's such a lovely topic. Well, the part about bowel movements that I wanna talk about today is why some people are not having them at least not having them in the morning. So all of my clients who weigh in, I generally say, hey, I want you to wake up, you can have a little coffee, but before you eat breakfast, before you work out, I need you to do that weigh-in. And a lot of people always say, well, how do I make sure I have a bowel movement before the weigh-in? Well, in order to have a bowel movement every morning consistently, you almost have to create a bowel movement schedule. And I think the most important thing about the bowel movement schedule is giving yourself enough time in the morning to relax and have a bowel movement. What I see more than not for these people who don't have one in the morning is they get up, they're in a rush, they're running late, they grab their coffee, they grab their toast, if that, and they're already out the door on the way to that early morning workout. Well, there's just no way you're gonna have a bowel movement in between all of that, right? You need to be able to sit, you need to be able to hang out a little in the morning, relax. Maybe you don't just jump on your phone. Maybe you sit with hot tea or your hot coffee and maybe you even meditate a little. Five minutes in your morning could make the call for having the bowel movement, right? So that is what I see more than not is that people aren't having a morning bowel movement or or a bowel movement in all that day because they're in such a rush in the morning. I do think it's great to start the day with a bowel movement. Uh, I'm just gonna raise my hand. I have one every morning, knock on wood. I always say it can make or break a day. If I don't have one, that's gonna tell me if I'm having a good or bad day, right? But the thing is, I really do give myself the time to have one in the morning. So if you're someone right now who's like, oh my God, she's totally pegged me. Like I'm the one who's always in a rush, like slapping the snooze button till the last minute, but then I've gotta grab the keys and get the kids to school. That's why you're not having a bowel movement. Now, I went to graduate school um, in San Francisco for Eastern medicine, and one of my professors said that hands down in America, he was sure that there was constipation because nobody took the time in the morning to relax, have a like a gentle morning, hanging out and then having a bowel movement without being in a rush. And we all used to laugh at him for saying this, but he was from China and he was said, look, it's not like this everywhere, but in America, everybody gets up and they're in a rush. So my eagle eye on health tip of the day to you is if you are someone who struggles to have a bowel movement every day or just not even in the morning, ask yourself if you give yourself a little bit of time when you wake up to sit, like I said, with hot tea or even your coffee and just chill for a little bit in the morning. I'm not saying it has to be an hour, but you have to give yourself enough time for the body to relax, to start getting in this, like I say, a bowel movement schedule, I guess you could call it. Because if you do start to do that 
it becomes like clockwork and then you start to have one every day. So something to work on, just a tip, just so you know out there, having a bowel movement every day, that is normal. Not having a bowel movement every day, that is not so normal, okay? You definitely wanna have one and if you're not, is it because you don't have enough time in the morning or do you need to add more fiber to your diet? I have done a whole podcast on bowel movement, so feel free to look it up for a little more tips and guidance. But other than that, let's get back to the topic at hand today. It's a real pain in the head. That's right. We're talking about headaches. Now, headaches are no fun. Nobody likes them. And the thing about headaches is there's actually several different kinds of headaches. And so maybe you get one once in a while, or maybe you get one all the time. A headache is so common. It's a very common condition and it can create pain in your head, in your scalp, even in your neck. It can come from the neck. Um, and they say that seven in 10 people have at least one headache each year. Yeah, I would say hands down, one each year, that's, that's not even very much, right? And a lot of my information today comes from Healthline and also Harvard Health, just so you know where I get the information of the day. But headaches can sometimes be very mild, but they can also be very severe for some people. And we're talking about a severe pain that would even make it difficult to concentrate at work or perform certain daily activities. And approximately 45 million Americans frequently have what they call severe headaches that can be disabling. And that's awful. Nobody wants a disabling headache. Um, not many of us have that kind of time to spare, right? Luckily, most headaches can be managed with medication and also lifestyle changes. And that's the one that's the most important to me because I'm not a big medication person, although I know for migraines, sometimes that is all you got and you should take it if that's what you need. But I wanna talk about a lot of the lifestyle changes too that can be so important. Now, what can cause a headache? Doctors have identified several different causes of these different kinds of headaches. And the primary causes of headaches are causes that aren't related to separate medical conditions. These headaches are the result of some kind of underlying process in the brain. Examples of common primary headaches would be your migraine headaches, your cluster headaches, your tension headaches. And then there are secondary headaches, and those are due to an underlying medical condition. That would be, God forbid, a brain tumor, a brain aneurysm, something called a cervicogenic headache, medication overuse that causes headaches, a meningitis-related headache, even something like a post-traumatic headache, which a person will experience after trauma to the head, uh, could be from a fall or a car accident, sinus headaches, spinal headaches. So all of those are what they call a secondary cause headache. Now, let's get back to some of those headache types that are the more common ones that people have. The first one, probably one of the most common headaches is the tension headache. And they occur most frequently in women over 20 years old. These headaches are often described as feeling like that tight band around your head. If you've ever had one, you know exactly what I'm talking about when I say that. And they're caused by a tightening of the muscles, usually from the neck up into the scalp. Now, poor posture and stress 
can be contributing factors. So if you're someone who gets tension headaches, I want you to think about what kind of posture you have and do you sit at the desk and maybe hunch over all day at a computer? It could be causing a lot of neck and shoulder pressure that then is coming up to the head, creating a tension headache. Now, a tension headache can last from several minutes or up to several days. They also can be recurrent. So not a fun one by any means, but if it is something sort of structural that you're doing, I want you to think about it. Could it possibly be poor posture or even stress that is causing your tension headache? Now the next one is a cluster headache and these are what are considered non-throbbing headaches that cause excruciating pain. It can be a burning pain on one side of the head or some people say they feel it behind their eye. And they usually cause the eyes to even tear up. You could get a nasal congestion or discharge, sort of like a runny nose. These headaches, cluster headaches, they can last for extended periods of time known as what they call a cluster period. And the cluster period can be as long as six weeks. When I read that, I just about wanted to die for the person who could possibly have a headache for that long. That is debilitating, that is life-changing, that is definitely not normal. You would wanna get help from a doctor at that point, right? Now, cluster headaches may occur every day, they could happen more than once a day and the cause is actually unknown. However, this type of headache is rare and it's interesting because it generally affects men ages 20 to 40. I have to say when it comes to headaches, I generally hear women complain about them. It's so rare for me to hear a man complain about getting a headache. Not that that doesn't mean they don't get them, but there are so many things in a woman's body, especially hormones that can trigger all of these headaches. So interesting that the cluster headache is more associated to men. Now the next headache, we all know it, not everybody has had it, it's the migraine headache. They're very severe headaches. They can cause throbbing. You might have a pounding pain. Often it is one side of the head that you feel it. There are several different types of migraine, migraine headaches as well. This includes chronic migraines, which are migraines that occur 15 or more days a month. Again, when I read that, I just was like, so heartbroken for the person who could have a migraine for that long in a month. Those are the people who are desperate to use some of these new medications that are out that are really helping migraine headaches. Now there's something called hemiplegic migraines and those are with symptoms resembling that of a stroke. A person can even experience migraines without head pain, which means they have migraine symptoms like nausea, visual disturbances, and dizziness but that's without the head pain, so not as common. Then there's a headache called the rebound headache, and those occur after a person stops taking medication that they were taking regularly to treat headaches, right? So a person is more likely to experience these rebound headaches if they take medications like acetaminophen, uh, triptans, ergotamine, or ergotamine, I don't know how to say it exactly, and even painkillers like Tylenol with codeine. So rebound headaches occur for some people when they stop taking these medications that they were taking 
for their headaches. It's like the headache comes right back. Then there's a headache called the thunderclap headache. These are abrupt, they're severe, and they come on very quickly. They usually appear without warning. They can last up to five minutes. And these kind of headaches are a signal of an underlying problem, usually with the blood vessels in the brain. And they usually require prompt medical attention. A significant number of headache types exist. And um, that's why I'm trying to go through each of these different ones. Because some of these, like the thunderclap headache, you might not even realize that that was a headache you had because it can come on abruptly and then be fairly quick to end as well. So there are so many different kinds of headaches that exist. Now, a lot of people will ask, well, what is exactly the difference between a headache and a migraine? Well, migraines are the most severe and complex type of headache. So a migraine is a type of headache, it's very severe. Researchers believe they may be caused by changes in the activity of nerve pathways and brain chemicals. Genetic factors and environmental factors, they're also thought to affect a person's susceptibility to developing migraines. They are, like I said, very intense. They are throbbing, they can be to one side of the head, and they can increase sensitivity to light and even noise, and they can last anywhere from several hours to several days. Now, according to the Migraine Research Foundation, nearly one out of every four households in the United States includes someone with a migraine. And migraines are on the top 20 most disabling illnesses in the world. So the migraines are a real thing. They are considered like an illness because they can be so debilitating. Among adolescents, migraines are more common in boys than girls. Again, I thought that was very interesting. However, among adults, migraines are more frequently in women than men. And they're also more likely to affect those who have family members that often experience migraines. So a little bit genetic on that front. There's two basic types of migraine headaches. There's the migraine with aura, and migraine without aura. Now what I mean by that, auras are visual disturbances that consist of bright spots, flashing lights, or moving lines. And in some cases, auras cause a temporary loss of vision. These visual disturbances occur about 30 minutes before the migraine begins, and that can last for about 15 minutes. Now, interestingly enough, migraine with aura, the thing that happens in your eyes, tends to be less severe and disabling than migraine without aura. However, most people experience migraines without aura. Now, lucky me, <laughs> like I actually truly mean lucky me, I do get the migraine with the aura sometimes. And I say lucky because it actually it's not a very bad headache. What happens to me is maybe once or twice a year, I'll be doing something and often it can be triggered by some kind of flashing light in my eye. So I'm the person who like always puts on sunglasses when I go outside because light tends to trigger my aura migraine. Or if someone like my child <laughs> used to do this like, put a flashlight in my face really fast. I always used to freak out because I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to get a headache. So 
I will get these lines that run through my one eye and it's almost like when you stare into the sun and then you look away and you can still see the outline of the sun or whatever bright thing you were looking at. It sort of feels like that. And then I kid you not, when I start to feel that, within about five to 10 minutes, I can completely lose vision in that eye. Now I'm not talking like I go blind in the eye and it turns black but I can't see out of that eye very well. So it, this is not an ideal thing to happen to me on the road when I'm driving, although I will say the other eye works fine, so it's not like I'm blind. Now, right to the words of the research that I had just read you, literally, if I look at my watch, from when I see the first line in my eye to 30 minutes later, that's when a headache starts. It's really crazy because it's almost always 30 minutes later, but it's a really mild headache and it usually goes away very quickly. So I say lucky me because if I'm gonna get a migraine, to me, that's a better one to have. A little disabling during the eye part, but that goes away fairly quickly and at least then I don't have this throbbing pain in my head. So. I bring it up because some people have told me they sometimes get this thing in their eye and then when I explain it, I say, do you have this, do you have that? They say yes, they didn't realize it was a type of migraine headache. So sometimes a good thing just to know. Now there are some migraine triggers and that's what I want you to know about. Um, the exact cause of migraines, they don't actually know, but there's a lot of factors that are known to trigger the onset of migraine episodes. These can include fluctuating hormone levels, especially among boys going through puberty and women. I have to say most people I know get their migraines or headaches. They are women and it's usually around ovulation or their period. So it's usually hormonally related very, very often. Another trigger is stress or anxiety. Another trigger, interesting one, is fermented and pickled foods. It's obviously some type of allergy to that. Even cured meats, aged cheeses, certain fruits like bananas, avocados, and citrus, all of those can trigger a migraine. So if you are someone who gets migraines, what I would do is I would start to maybe document what days you get a migraine and see if there are any food groups like this, like fermented foods or the cured meats or the bananas, avocado, citrus. Are you eating any of those right before you get your headache or even the day before? Because it might be interesting to know if any of those foods are a sensitivity for you. Now, some people will get migraines if they skip meals. They're usually starving. That's why we don't skip meals. That's why we don't intermittent fast because our body needs that energy. So skipping meals can cause a migraine. Too little sleep, absolutely. And guess what? Too much sleep can also cause a migraine. Bright or strong lights, that's me yelling at my kid, don't put the flashlight in my face. <laughs> that can cause a migraine. Fluctuations in atmospheric pressure due to changing weather, super common. My sister, my poor sister, she does get migraines and she often feels them coming on when there's that change in weather patterns. Of course, everyone should know this, but alcohol consumption is definitely a trigger for migraines. And then the common one we've all heard is caffeine withdrawal. If you drink a lot of coffee or you drink a lot of caffeine and then you stop, you are very likely to get a headache or even technically 
a migraine, all right? So really interesting to know these different things, but let's talk about this. When do you need to see a doctor, right? Because headaches are really common and do we need to run to the doctor every time we get a headache? Most headaches aren't symptoms of a life-threatening illness. However, you should contact your doctor if a headache could occurs after any kind of head trauma. That would be a given. If you hit your head, you get in an accident, you fall down, if you have a headache, even if you don't, if you've had head trauma, you should probably go and see your doctor. Now you should also call your doctor immediately if a headache is accompanied by any of the following. If you have a headache and you feel drowsy, if you have a fever, if you're vomiting, if you have any kind of facial numbness, if your speech is slurred, weakness in an arm or leg. Obviously, this one goes without saying, if you're having convulsions, hopefully someone is calling the doctor for you, or if you have a headache and you're having a lot of confusion, that would be a time that you would want to call the doctor. Now, pressure around the eyes with a yellowish green nasal discharge and sore throat also likely should be evaluated by the doctor. That could be some kind of sinus infection. And so generally when you have a sinus infection, you wanna see the doctor, you might need some kind of antibiotic to kick that. Otherwise you might have a sinus headache for a very long time. Now, what can you do for headaches? Is there a treatment? Well, treatment for headaches varies according to the cause of the headache, right? So if headaches are being caused by an illness, then it's likely that the headaches will go away once that underlying condition is treated. However, most of your headaches out there, they're, um, most headaches aren't symptoms of any serious medical condition. And you can often just treat them with an over-the-counter medication, usually like an aspirin or a Tylenol or an Advil. But I do wanna tell you, if those things aren't working, there are some other remedies I want you to think about. Now for me, I always think about these other remedies before I grab the aspirin, the Tylenol, or the Advil. And one in particular works for me very well. If I wake up in the morning with a headache, and for me, that tends to be when I have a headache. Um, unless it's one of those uh, aura migraines, that's just in the middle of the day. And I don't get headaches very often, but I, will, I do notice that when I get them, it's usually before I'm getting my period or during my period, and I usually wake up with it. The best thing that I can do, it's not a migraine, it's a headache, is I exercise. So with my background in Eastern medicine, we view pain as some kind of stagnation in the body. Um, it could be, you know, if I had pain in my arm or pain in my leg and, I, and I, I wasn't injured, we would say, get some movement into that area, break up that stagnation. For me, when I have a headache, again, not a migraine, that's a different situation. When I wake up with a headache, if I go for my run or I do yoga or I get moving, by the time that workout is over, the headache is gone. So I opt for exercise before I grab medication. It's not that the medication is gonna harm you, but I always try to not take medicine if I don't have to. Now, if I work out and I still have a headache, which is very rare for me, then I would take some Advil if it was bothering me enough. So that's one thing that you can do, exercise. 
Another thing that some people do is biofeedback, and that is a relaxation technique, and it helps with pain management. So if you're someone who gets headaches a lot, and you don't want to keep taking Advil every other day, you might try something like biofeedback because it is a great way to manage pain. There's even things like stress management classes that can teach you how to cope with stress and how to relieve tension. So if you're someone waking up or during the day, you're getting the tension headaches and it's from stress and it's from anxiety, then you might be someone who benefits from a stress management type class. There's something called cognitive behavioral therapy, and that's a type of talk therapy that shows you how to recognize situation that might make you feel stressed and anxious. Again, you're probably hearing is that a lot of people get headaches from stress and anxiety. That's very normal. But instead of always just taking the Advil to put a Band-Aid on the problem, if you can do some of these other stress management type therapies, you might actually relieve the problem and then not get these recurring headaches. So it's something to think about. Acupuncture is a great alternative therapy and that may reduce stress and tension. And what they do when they do acupuncture for headaches is they apply fine needles into certain areas of the body and no, it's not likely or it's not necessarily that they're gonna put them in your head because you had a headache. So I practiced Eastern medicine, I practiced acupuncture, and very often we would put needles in your feet if you had a headache. It's almost like we wanna bring the energy out of your head and bring it down towards your feet. And so some people are like very afraid of needles and they don't want them in their head. And even when I had headaches and would get treatment with acupuncture, I actually never wanted any needles in my scalp because to me it brought more energy to my head. And so it's really not necessarily that you're always gonna get a needle where the problem is, okay? But acupuncture is fantastic for pain. Acupuncture is not fantastic for all things, but it is fantastic for pain. So if you are someone who suffers from headache, I highly encourage you to check out acupuncture, see if you can get a great referral for an acupuncturist in your area. Now there's something called cold or hot therapy, and that involves applying a heating pad or an ice pack to your head for five to 10 minutes multiple times a day. Another thing in Eastern medicine that we would say about this is if you've got a headache and a cold pack sounds like it would be awesome on your head, then go with a cold pack. If you're like, oh my God, don't put that cold thing near my head and you would rather have a hot pack of some sort or a warm washcloth, go with the warm washcloth. I personally believe heavily in the body. I believe it tells you often what it needs. And so it might need cold and it might need warmth. So whatever it, your body is telling you sounds better is the one that you should use. And then the last thing that you can use as an alternative therapy that's really effective is taking a hot bath or a hot shower. And the main reason that this really works is because it can really help relax your tense muscles. And so again, Usually it's this tension headache that people are feeling. And so a nice hot bath or a hot shower can definitely relieve some of that tension pressure. Now, that's pretty much everything about headaches. And like I said, 
it's something that some people get all the time. I feel like some people are, it's their weakness. And so they're, they're always getting headaches. But if you are someone who gets headaches all the time, this is a really great opportunity. If you've never sort of dived in to what you can do for them, this is a time to maybe figure out, so what kind of headache is it that you're having? Is it that stress headache? You know, is it that tension headache? Is it a migraine? Is it an aura migraine? Because the type of headache that you have might then lead to a different treatment. And the other thing that I think is so important is that if you're suffering every single month with these headaches, definitely go see your doctor and make sure they know that you're having these headaches so that they can just make sure that there are no underlying issues or medical conditions that you need to be aware of and that they need to be aware of. I mean, what if it was as simple as you have two medications that are interacting and they're giving you a headache? Or maybe you're taking supplements and they are interacting with each other or with a medication. Those things can happen as well. And so it's really great and important that you always tell a doctor what's going on if you're having something that is recurring. Another thing to remember, and although we don't like to remember it because this is not what we want to do, but I know several people who get headaches after drinking wine. I know you love your wine, but I'm gonna tell you now, it's not helping you and it's not helping your headaches. Wine, alcohol, it basically is a toxin in your body. So if you're getting a reaction the next day from drinking red wine and it's like this migraine headache, that is your body talking to you. That is your body waving a red flag. That is your body saying, this is not working for me. That alcohol is not working for me. Please stop. And so you might have to eliminate red wine. Some people get migraines just from red wine. You can drink the white wine, but you can't drink the red wine. But these are things you have to start listening to your body so that you can make changes. You don't want to be living on migraine medication, all right? To me, if you're getting daily headaches, if you're getting daily migraines, if these things aren't once in a while, that's, that's your body telling you that something's off, something's not in check, something's not in balance. And until you can figure out what that is, you can't fix it and you're just gonna continue to have this and you definitely, I can only imagine, you don't wanna continue having these headaches. So if the headaches happen once in a while or you always get one when you get your period, that's a hormone flush, that's, that's normal. But if you're getting them all the time and they are truly debilitating, go ahead and get help, go to your doctor and start to take notes of things that you're eating or things that you're drinking, what kind of alcohol was it, because at the end of the day, if you can resolve this, you are going to live a better life. And I'm sure you would agree that, you know, living with migraines is a horrible way to live by all means. And again, whether this is you or you see your partner struggling with it or you see your teenager struggling right now with headaches, these are all people that can work on things, but you might need to be the one who notes it. You might need to be the one who says to your partner, did you ever notice that you're always getting these headaches the day after we go out and you had a few too many drinks? Or did you ever notice to your daughter, you know, you're getting these headaches right before your period? It's normal. All good things to bring to their attention just as much as it is to bring to your attention. So I hope you found this podcast helpful today. Again, headaches, 
pretty normal for most people, um, but I really felt like it was an important topic for health, and that's why we're here, the Earn That Body podcast, always here to bring you fitness, health, and nutrition information you can put into play right away. And I really want to wish you a fantastic holiday season ahead. This will be the final podcast for 2022. And that body takes a couple weeks off, but I will be back in January 2023 with some fantastic topics in health and fitness and nutrition and lots of inspiration in January to get you on track, to help you reach your goals. And again, make it happy, make it healthy, and make it a fun holiday season. I'll see you in 2023. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to earnthatbody.com or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube.